All right. First Thessalonians 5.22 is where I want to direct your attention. It says, abstain from all appearance of evil. And I don't know why I feel like I need to confess this, but you know, I do a lot. I study a lot for my sermons. I like to bring fresh material. But whenever I re-preach a sermon or reuse an outline, it kind of makes me feel lazy sometimes. Uh, and this is one I preached about nine years ago. And, but I was thinking about it this week, and I was like, I want to preach on that. And then, and so I went and I referred back to my notes, and I was like, well, this is all the stuff I was wanting to cover. And I was like, I'm preaching it again. Uh, pretty much every, most of the people weren't here when I preached it last time. But I don't know. I just feel like I need to just get it, put it out there. That I'm re-preaching an outline. But uh, abstain from all appearance of evil. Because this is something we do need to be reminded about. And really how we practice this too sometimes kind of develops it with the changing times. We are living in evil days. Our world is full of evil. You know, we're rarely even shocked anymore by stories and things we hear. You know, there's constantly scandals, you know, from politicians, but even to leaders in churches, you know, and I know for me personally, there's a lot of uh, application I'll probably make throughout the message, even for me personally as a pastor, that there's things where I'm going to be extra careful. There's areas where I think we all need to go above and beyond because of the fact that we live in evil days where there's such a thing as pervert pastors. There's pastors out there who are thieves. There are pastors out there that will steal church money. And these things happen. And so because of that, we have to put safeguards in place. And there's certain transparency and things that we need to have that, you know, most of us, you know, probably normally don't even think about. You know, we put windows on on the rooms, uh, on the doors going into different rooms for a reason. Why? Because we don't want to even appear like something could be going on. Whatever we could do to just be as transparent as we can, we think it's very important because there is evil out there. And we don't want to even appear like there's any evil going on. I get creeped out by Jehovah's Witnesses churches that they don't have any windows on the buildings ever. Is there anything in the Bible that says you have to have windows? No. But most buildings have windows, and I want to know why they don't have windows. And there might not be anything that, you know, that weird, but you know what? All of a sudden, I'm creeped out now because we're already suspicious of them anyway. And, you know, and think about it, too, for our church. Okay? Our church, let's just admit it, we get a little more scrutiny than the average church, don't we? And so because of that, because we have a lot more accusations thrown at us, a lot more accusations because of stands and things we take, it's even more important, I think, that we are transparent as a church because people are more likely to be looking for evil here than they are in other churches because we people need us to be evil. Because we expose their evil, what do they want to do? They want to be able to turn around and say, well, they're evil too, so therefore they're hypocrites and everybody hates hypocrites. So, you know, we don't mind just putting it out there. You know, hey, here's what we are. We're as transparent as possible. We don't, want to, we don't even want to be mistaken for the type of people that are out there. And so, because there are so many preachers who have done horrible things, we are being watched closer than ever. And as I hear the stories, you know, of a lot of these scandals, I, you know, I have to admit, I don't always know for sure what to think about the guilt or innocence of a person. But one thing I do know for sure, in many of these cases, individuals fail to protect themselves from the appearance of evil. I, and I've talked about one individual before um, who I knew who's in prison now for killing his wife. And in reality, they, 
you know, from the the news story they did on it, it didn't seem like they did a great job proving he did it. But let me tell you, he there were things he was doing that appeared evil when it came to a woman that he was traveling with that she, that he even brought with her when he came here. They had the kids too, but it, it looked bad. It, it just it looked really bad. Didn't prove he murdered his wife, but that appearance of evil, I think, probably did more to help get him convicted than just about anything. And so again, you know, I mean, what, just let's just face it: in these evil days, with the strong stands we're taking, people are going to try to accuse us of things, and we need to make sure we protect ourselves. And everybody here needs to do the same thing too. And so, and because. There's just so much stuff. I mean, you know, isn't it pathetic that like at Walgreens, they got to unlock almost everything these days? Why is that? Because people make meth out of everything, you know? And, and then now too, they got to pretty much lock up everything because you got dirtbag low-life freeloaders that just think they can just go in and throw everything into a bag and walk out of the store. And, you know, that's the day we're living in. But, you know, because the days are evil, you know, you know, and I mean, just... There's some things you shouldn't do. And if you do these things, they're foolish. If something bad happens to you, it's probably your fault. For example, is it a sin? Are you even likely to hurt anybody if you walk into a bank with a toy gun? You can't hurt anybody with a toy gun. But, uh, you know, because people, you know, they rob banks and all that, it's probably not a good idea to do something like that. Uh, You know, just there's some places too, gas stations, they have signs, take your hoodie off before going in why because you know typically people want to hide their face from the cameras so you know and that's another reason we talked about that this morning you know when we go out soul winning especially anywhere we go soul winning even around here where it's typically safer it's okay we should want to look like soul winners we should we don't want to look like kidnappers you know we don't want to look like you know creeps and perverts you know looking to pick up kids somewhere you know that's that's not good we got to watch out for that um, some of you might remember, I won't mention his name. He, he died a few years ago and is in heaven now. He came to church here. He was always giving the kids suckers. Okay? Now, those of you that knew him, I mean, probably one of the nicest, sweetest guys you've ever met. I don't know if anybody remember and know who I'm talking about. Okay. Now, I remember he came to church one time devastated. I, I would see him at Menard sometimes. And he would, have, he would be carrying those suckers around. And he would give them to kids in Menards. Uh, he also worked at one of the restaurants, and he would give them. He just—he was just a nice guy. Just you know, loved little kids, and um, never ever ever got any type of creepy vibe from him. But he came to church one time, devastated because there was a, a Facebook post going around all over town that somebody made about him because he was also driving up places in his van and when he would see kids he would call them over to give them a sucker okay. now he was so innocent you know he he was very old from another era now you and I you know we you know we hear that we're like well duh <laughs> you know but that's not where his brain was and I remember he I mean he was on he was almost crying when he's telling me about that he just kept telling me I would never do anything like that. And when he did, because somebody realized who it was, they told him about it. And as soon as he heard about it, he went straight to the police station and he told them, it's like, officers, I'm the guy that's doing that. I would never, you know, and he, he felt 
terrible about it. And the police, I think they believed them and they were super nice to him. They just told him, like, yeah, just, you know, never ask kids to come to your vehicle. And they said, in fact, you know, never approach any kids unless their parents are with them. And, you know, and he, he started practicing that, you know, and, and he felt terrible about it. But, and, and I felt so bad for him because, you know, obviously you can't get too mad at the mom that probably saw that and got freaked out because there's kidnappers out there. But then at the same time, too, I felt bad for him because his mind never even went any place like that. And, to, and for him to think that people thought he was some kind of creep or pervert just devastated him. But let, just, let's just say that appeared evil. I mean, we've all seen the memes and things with the van the, you know, that says free candy on it. And he drove kind of a junky van around, too. Wasn't white, but, you know, it's always the white van uh, that everybody, everybody's talking about. But, you know, th- these days that we live in are evil. And so because of that, you really have to watch out for these things. You know, don't go, you know, if you see a cop, don't just go take off running. <laughs> and, and, you know, the Bible says the wicked flee when no man pursue it. It just, it, it screams guilt. Is it, is it illegal? And brother, brother Jerry, is, is it illegal if you see a cop to just take off running? I mean, I guess it's not illegal, but if you're a cop, you're immediately thinking. And I remember seeing episodes like that on cops where the cops just walk along there, the camera's on, they see some guys that look like gangbangers and they just take off running. And sometimes the cops go chasing down and they had drugs. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't just go taking off running like that. It's, it's foolish. We do that all the time when we're driving. If we see cops, so, you know, I'll just yell, cops! You know, <laughs> just like, like we're guilty or something. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, but it does. It just... When you do something like that, you appear to be doing evil. And, you know, many people think that somehow, you know, that, that appearance just doesn't matter. And they'll even misuse Scriptures to talk about how, you know, God sees the heart. They'll go to that story in 1 Samuel 6, you don't have to turn there, or 16... Where uh, God tells Samuel, you know, that, hey, man looketh on the outward, but God looketh on the heart. But man looketh on the outward, and we don't want to appear to be doing evil. Obviously, if you're not meaning to do evil, God sees your heart and He knows that. But man doesn't see that kind of thing. And so we got to watch out when it comes to, when it comes to certain things we do. Otherwise, we're going to... He said, we don't, want, we don't need accusations. We don't need people getting the wrong idea. We don't want to offend people. The Bible says in Matthew 5.14, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your, see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. It doesn't matter what your heart is. The world can't see your heart. And we're supposed to let our light be visible. And so if we're doing things that are causing it to be hid under a bushel, that's hiding who we truly are, that's not a good thing. Or if we're just doing things that we know could be perceived as bad, doing things that could look bad, that is a very foolish thing to do. And it's, it's going against our purpose and what we're trying to do. So you know, what is the appearance of evil and what can we do to protect ourselves as individuals and and as a church. And I want to I just want to talk about a few things about this tonight. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. It says, "In that ye put on the new man, 
which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor working with his hands the things which are good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So notice all these things that we're supposed to be doing in the area. We're supposed to put on that new man. We, have, we understand we have a new man that's inside of us. One that we, you know, we've been born of God. We have that spiritual man. But now we need to learn to walk in the Spirit. And every day we have to put on that new man. And, we all, and in putting on that new man, it also requires putting off the old man. Putting off the sin. Putting off the filthy talking. Putting off the, filthy, the, the bad behavior. Putting away lying. These are the things that the world does. We can't do it. And so understand, we don't want to compromise with sin one bit. We can't compromise with this. If you sin in a particular area, people are more likely to think that you'll do it again. Okay? A great example right now. Okay? They find cocaine in the White House. And what does everybody automatically do? I mean, who is everybody just automatically blaming when so far there's been no proof, no evidence, but yet, who do we all think it was? Good old Hunter Biden. Why? Because we know he's had a problem with that. And now, supposedly, he's gotten help and all these things. and that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you find crack at the White House, you know, he's the automatic suspect. A lot of people go, I get a lot of people go through there. You know, but at the same time, do you understand just how bad this is making him look? This is now getting everyone to talk about him again, talk about his past failure again. And so understand when it comes to sin, anytime you go and you do these sins, it's going to make it, it's going to make people be more suspicious of you. If there is something like that that happens, People are going to be thinking about you. And so you just, we don't want to do these things. We don't want to get nailed for these things. We don't want to ever do these things because if we do, it's always going to get associated with us because certain sins too, you know, it's hardest, it's hardest to do them the first time. But it does. It gets, it gets easier to do these things the more you do them. And so we need to have that, have a good testimony. We ought to have the same behavior everywhere we go. And anytime, you know, it's been that way in the workplace. You've had people that were kind of known for violating certain rules. They've been busted for those things before. And any time it turns out somebody did that again and nobody knows who did it, guess who everybody thinks did it? They, they always think, you know, it was the one guy. I mean, I've, I've heard it too, you know, whenever there's been cases of, you know, rape or molestations and things in certain areas, a lot of times the first people they're investigating are the registered sex offenders. And, you know, I mean, and who wants all that scrutiny on them all the time? Who wants all those negative feelings on them all the time? You know, nobody wants that kind of thing. You know, we talk a lot in here about how, you know, back in the day, people used to be like really negative about perverts and stuff. And I remember listening on the radio. This wasn't that. I mean, this was uh, maybe 20 years ago. Um, not even probably not even 20 years ago. I was listening to the radio and they were talking about sex offenders. 
and just all the all the problems with him and stuff like that. And then the guy on the radio, and he was kind of being funny, but everybody was just enjoying talking about it and agreeing thing would be great. They said what they should do with all the sec- registered sex offenders is they should put these like uh, you know put these shock collars and things on them. And any time there's like any report of some kind of you know rape or molestation or something. They just go and they push a button and it just zaps all of them so they fall down paralyzed again. And then that way they can go and check and see which ones are in that area because they're probably more likely suspects. And just, and you know, and so it's like it'd be bad for them because then those guys would be just getting zapped all the time. But, you know, who cares? They're sexual predators. <laughs> and it was just so funny listening to them talk about that. I've always remembered that. And, and I think about that every once in a while. It's like anytime, anytime something happens, if a kid comes up missing, zap all of the sex offenders. And, you know, so they all pass out again, and then we go and check which ones are in that general area. And I don't know. I, I think that's great. Okay, now, that same guy would probably get canceled on the radio if he said something like that today. But wouldn't that, that, that would just be fantastic. And you say, well, that's not fair. Just because somebody did it once doesn't mean they'll do it again. But you know what? It will make everyone think you did. And that's why we just got to watch out. You only have to do something one time to just kind of ruin your reputation in that area to be the one that's automatically getting suspicion. And so for us as a church, there's just certain things we don't want being once named among us. As an individual, you just need to say, no, I just can never cross this line. I can never let this thing happen. I don't even want people thinking about me when this kind of thing comes up. I I want to be the last person that somebody's thinking of. But if you go and you compromise one time and say, you know what, I'm just going to go try this once. I just want to experience this one time. I want to see what it's like. You know what? You're marking yourself. You're putting a stain on yourself. And you will be found out. Be sure your sin will find you out. It's always going to nail you. So just never do it. It's, it's so liberating to not do these things. It's the devil that gets you to think that you have liberty doing whatever your flesh wants. But it's the other way around. Just sin always brings bondage. But another thing too, be aware, we need to be aware of just how evil it is out there. And that's one of the reasons too, that individual, you know, wasn't freaked out at asking kids to come to his van to give them candy. And he was giving them candy. He was literally giving them free candy. But he obviously did not recognize the evil we are living in today. And, um, you know, my dad, I, I remember when this happened with my dad, I've told this story before when, um, we, we had some vandalism going on at our church at the time, people were coming out there, breaking windows, they'd be leaving beer bottles and stuff out there. And so my dad wanted to catch him. And I remember we went and spent the night a couple times out at the church. We had a camera set up and we were spying, just waiting, hoping to bust the people. But one day, uh, Nobody was out there, but one of the men from the church was coming home late from work, drove by the church, and saw a car out there. And so he went, and he, uh, you know, nobody had cell phones and stuff back then, but he like drove to my dad's house. And it was pretty late, and uh, you know, told my dad, "Hey, somebody's out of the church." So my dad, in his pajamas and everything, just grabs his gun, and he hauls him to the church. They're going into the church, and the car was gone. Nobody was there. So my dad went to go check the camera, but he left so fast, he forgot his keys. And so he went and he decided he was going to try to get that camera. And so he was opening, opened the windows only able to go part way up and he was reaching in there trying to get the camera. And then all of a sudden a cop pulls up. And 
And my dad, all he's got is like he's got like a gun in his pants. And so, so what he did when he saw the cop, he took the gun out and he like threw it in the window on the couch there in his office. <laughs> and then the cop came and was checking him. And my dad didn't have any ID on him or anything. And he's like hanging in a window. And the, tr- and the cops had been coming around there a lot because we had reported all the vandalism and stuff. And thankfully, uh, the other guy had his ID and stuff on him and was able to convince the cop that my dad was the pastor of the church and he let him go. But it looked really bad, didn't it? It looked really bad. And, you know, you've got, uh, there's a, you know, they said that, you know, being a cop, it would be pretty tough today. You know, there's a lot of violence out there. There's a lot of shootings and all these kind of things. And again, if a, if a cop, if you ever run into a cop, you know, while, uh, you know, he comes up on you and it's dark or something, don't reach in your pocket to grab something. You know, don't, you know, we need to be aware of things that can happen. We need to be aware of how things look because if we're not, we're going to end up getting ourselves in trouble. You might get shot. We need to be aware of how it looks when we're out soul-winning, too. Again, we, it's, we should always be very careful approaching people, especially if it's young people, especially if it's children. You need to be aware of your surroundings. Hey, is this a good situation? There's just certain places you don't want to corner a young person. You know, it helps, too, if you have kids with you. You know, I, I'm always much more comfortable talking with kids if, you know, if my kids are around or something like that. But even then, just, you know, I can't possibly describe all the scenarios where it's okay and where it's not okay. But if you have a little bit of common sense, you know, you'll know. When when you knock on a door and a little kid comes to the door, I've, I've heard people say this before. I don't think you're a pervert. I don't think you're trying to kidnap those kids. But don't say, are your parents home? That just sounds bad. <laughs> you know, that, that just, that's because isn't that what kidnappers are going to always asking? Are your parents home? Cause, you know, so what, the way you have to ask is just say, hey, can I talk to your mom or dad? And then, if, if, and sometimes you have these kids answer the door and they're like, they're not here. I get away from there as fast as I can when it's little kids because it looks bad. It, you know, it does. It looks really bad. And if it's a, you know, and that's normally two by, we like to be two by two. It's that accountability. And, you know, so two by two has always been a thing. But I think especially today, you know, if you can do that, it's important. And if you're not, if you are by yourself, you know, sometimes I go solo. Don't go into the house if a lady invites you in the house. Don't do it. Stay outside. I'm told about the, we had a young lady came here one time wanting to talk to me that was really upset about something and started kind of acting crazy and everything. But I was here all by myself and she walked inside. And so I just said, hey, can we go talk outside? And we went and just talked outside in the front. I want to, and especially since she was acting crazy. You know, I want, I want everything to be public. I just, I didn't even want it to look bad. Because I don't need any accusations. And I would never do anything. I wouldn't think about doing anything. But we live in evil days where bad things happen all the time. And we need to have some wisdom when it comes to these things. And we don't want to put ourselves in compromising situations. We looked at this verse this morning, but I want to bring it up again. Ephesians 5.15 See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And so you know what? Do everything you can to avoid being alone with the opposite sex. You know, it, it's a dangerous thing. It, it's, it's literally a dangerous thing because, you know, there is such a thing as temptation. 
ladies, there are there is such a thing as men who will take advantage of you. Men, even if you never do anything, there's women out there that will accuse you of things just to try to maybe get attention. You know, and then as a pastor too, that people might want to make an accusation too to try to sue a church or something like that because everybody thinks churches have all this money. But again, because of all of that stuff, you just you don't take a chance with these things. We've got to watch. We've got to watch out for it. And so, because of scandals in churches, you know, I need to be more careful about appearances. You know, don't be alone with children that aren't your own. We got we got to watch out for that kind of thing. And I'm not saying too. There's never a situation. I remember I remember my dad one time. Uh, you know, he talked about, you know, he had a strict rule about no, you know, he wouldn't be alone with women. He wouldn't give women rides. Um, there was sometimes ladies who would want rides to church or something like that. And if he would do it, he would always take some of his kids with him. But I do remember, you know, there was one time where in a snowstorm, there was a lady in a ditch and he, he gave her a ride somewhere. And it's like, you know, obviously you can't just leave her in the ditch. You know, the roads are bad and all that kind of thing. But even then, it was just get her to safety and get out of this as, as quick as you can. Sometimes you might find yourself in a situation where you have to do something. Up, you know, if I if I see some kid wandering in the street about to get hit by cars or something, you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go pick the kid up. And, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get him to safety and something like that. But either way, you just want to do whatever you can to make sure things don't look bad. And it's interesting how way back. 2,000 years ago, Paul is writing about this. But I think even today, this is more of a danger. Because two, here's the other thing we've got to keep in mind. Everybody is carrying a camera today. And just understand, a video never gives full context of things. A picture doesn't give full context of things. But if a video just makes something appear to be a certain way, that becomes reality for a lot of people. And how many times have we seen that where in, in our own experience where there's been situations we knew of, people we knew of, but there's these clips that are out there that those clips by themselves look really bad. But you know, you happen to know the full story behind it, so you realize it's no big deal. And I get it, some of these things are unavoidable. But a lot of these things are avoidable. Some of these things, the stuff people are doing are pretty foolish. And we don't want we don't want to give people the wrong idea, so it's okay to just to make rules for yourself, and that's why uh, you know we have some of these policies. People make fun of that too. You know they're they're actually critical about being alone with the opposite sex. Okay? You know because you know there's business dinners and things people do, but you know what? Guys shouldn't go on a business dinner with another lady. I think it's okay if two guys do, but you don't you don't do that. But, you know, I guess today's getting so freakish and weird that one of these days we're going to say, man, we can't even do that. You know, you know, it's getting so weird today. You know, two guys are getting to a point where they're not even going to want to go to Menards together, you know, you know without, without doing something to show their heterosexuality because, you know, we, you know, nobody wants to get accused of that. I remember when I was a kid, we were driving in a car and I was, we were sitting in the back seat and I was on the edge. And, and so, you know, we're all kind of piled in there in that back seat. And my dad, he like, he's like, Tommy, duck down. And then that way it looked like from behind, you know, you had these two guys sitting close to each other in the back seat and they're like all freaking out and leaning away from each other because, you know, you know, back in my day, you didn't even want to look like a homo. And, but it was, you know, it, again, it was all, it's all about appearance. And again, 
nobody's saying that you're sinning. You know, if you end up doing something that appears evil, it's not. I don't believe you've sinned. But again, it's about abstaining. Okay, we should make every effort to stay away from anything that appears evil. And so, turn over to Proverbs chapter thirteen and verse twenty. Proverbs chapter thirteen and verse twenty. It says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. When you who you hang out with tells people a lot about who you are. Wise people typically hang out with wise people, and even if you're not that wise, you can become wise by hanging out with wise people. You know why? Because people rub off on you. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know why? Because bad things happen to foolish people. And if you're hanging around foolish people, it's going to rub off on you. People are going to think that you're one of them. And so we need to be very careful about even associating with those who are evil. There are some people that we should not want to be seen around. People that we should not want to keep company with. Uh, Psalms 1 once says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. There are people out there that we need to try to separate ourselves from. And and don't come to me with, oh, Jesus ate with publicans and sinners. Again, there is, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a difference between being in the presence of someone, you know, even ministering to someone, and actively participating you know, with those who are doing wrong. Okay? For example, you know, I, I don't think you should hang out in the bar. I really don't. Well, I'm not drinking. Well, why do you even want to look like you are? I mean, what is it going to make you all think about me if you see me walking to the bar in downtown? That's not going to be good. I, I just listened to a podcast by a guy who uh, he was giving his testimony he was raised by lesbians. Or his mom was a lesbian, grew up a home a lesbian. And and this guy, he was talking about basically just how gracious he is, and he's against gay marriage. He's against his mother's lifestyle that she is living. Because, you know, gay marriage is sinful. But you know what? He has a great relationship with his mom and her whatever wife or whatever. And he was talking about how once a month he takes his mom to the gay bar. And he he you know, he's not there. I don't even think he said he doesn't drink, but you know, he's 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 there, talks with people, is kind to them, getting along, trying to be a testimony. I'm thinking, you weirdo. I mean, okay, first off, a bar. Okay, again, I'm against going to the bar. This was like a really liberal you know, group of Christians that think it's okay to drink. But they even claim to be against homosexuality and you're taking your mom to a gay bar? That is the last place I want to be seen. I mean, well, he's not doing anything gay there. You don't need to, even need to be around that. You don't need to be in the presence of that. That makes absolutely no sense. What a horrible testimony. He's trying to act like he's a good Christian because of it. Like, no, that's a, you're a terrible Christian. What an embarrassment. What a shame to do something like that. Doesn't make any sense. We do not want to do anything to associate ourselves 
with those who are doing evil. And you know what? If you get seen going into a gay bar and then a rumor goes around town that you're gay, don't get, up, don't get upset about it. People are probably going to think that about you. And you know what we're probably going to do? We're probably going to kick you out of the church. Because we're going to, you know, oh, I'm not gay. Why, why would you do that? Again, the days are evil. There's a lot of homos out there. There's a lot of child molesters out there. And if you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, that you don't have to do, you know, again, if you if it turns out you were going in there because you got a phone call that you had a, a family member in there and you were trying to get them out, you know, or you found out somebody was in there dying and why would you go in there to save their life? But you know, I mean whatever. Just <laughs> you know, just understand, you know, there's just some things that, you know, you should not never be around, and if you do, that's your own fault. That is your own fault, and if it ruins your reputation, you know what? I just have a tough time feeling sorry for you. You should have abstained. You should have abstained. There are things that are going to happen that are beyond our control that we can't help, but we should always be walking circumspectly. We should always be aware of the day and age we're living in and make sure that we do not do anything to hurt a reputation. And so, again, if you're associating with evil, if you're excusing evil, don't make excuses for those who do evil. You know, when I, when I hear people out there defending the perverts, defending the sodomites, I get a little suspicious about them. You know, if you're one of these people who, you know, have a soft spot and are going easy on minor attracted persons, I'm going to think some very, very negative things about you. Some of the worst things that you could think about somebody if you're doing that. We, don't, we shouldn't make excuse. For those who do evil, don't don't look like the crowd that's doing evil. Proverbs seven ten, and behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. Didn't say she was a harlot. Said she had the attire of a harlot. You know what did that say? How she dressed it identified her with somebody. It identified her with a type of person. I told you about the women this morning that I saw in Chicago that. Again, their attire identified them with something. It looked like they were probably doing something really evil. I don't know. Maybe they were on their way to the early shift at the at a local cafeteria or something, and they just happened to wear really short skirts. I mean, I don't know. But e- either way, I, I doubt it. I, 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 I kind of doubt it. I can't believe you thought that about them. Well, if you're doing that kind of thing, I heard a story one time about a pastor's wife who had somebody come over, they, they, they came over for dinner and she needed to pick something up at the store. It was kind of late at night and she walked to the store and, and a policeman stopped her because he thought she was a street walker. And now, say, well, how dare that policeman discriminate her? You know what? How dare she dress in a way that would make a police officer think she was a street walker? Was, uh, you know, that just sounds so legalistic and judgmental. Listen, we all make judgments. We all make judgments. And if you think that police officer is terrible for that, then you know what? That lady that was terrible, that was accusing that one, thinking that one individual was a pervert for going and giving kids candy from his van. Like, no, there's things that do look bad, and we ought to stay away from those things. First Timothy 2.9 says, In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array, 
but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. So what's it saying there? It, they, they ought to dress in a way, they ought to act in a way that becomes a woman that's professing godliness. If you claim to be a godly person, if you claim to be a Christian, you ought to look like one. If I, when we go soul winning in Chicago, I don't want to look like a gangbanger. I don't want to look like a rival gang and then have somebody come, remembering somebody come shoot me. Uh, just because you're wearing baggy pants and your ball cap a certain way or whatever doesn't mean you're a gangbanger. No, but it'll make people think I'm a gangbanger. And it could potentially get me shot. I, I, I don't know all the rules. Okay? I don't know all the gang rules and looks and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I've heard stories before about people uh, when they've been visiting different cities and stuff that they've had, you know, the people they were with like would get on them for how they were wearing their ball cap and stuff. And they're like, that can get you shot out here. It's just, like, it's just how I'm wearing my hat. I'm not in the gang. Yeah, but it tells other people you are. And we, we, you know, we need to be aware of those things. If something, if we know something is communicating something to a people that's wrong, we ought to do what we can to try to fix that. Sometimes it just, it could be innocence. But I've heard in some countries, if you wear your finger on your left finger, on your finger means you're divorced. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't want. To be, and I remember my, my my dad was there, and he said, "So what? He was out there. He wore it on his right hand." I was just, you don't want to communicate the wrong thing to people. You don't want people to get the wrong idea about stuff. We need to be aware of these things. And so there there are some things that are wrong, and they've always been wrong from the beginning of time. But some some there are some things that are wrong because of the time that we live in and how they appear today. So there there's some things that you used to see on TV that you know were kind of innocent then but you know now not so much. Again, just you know things are just getting so creepy. Things are getting so bad and it's really messed up and I do I believe there are areas where churches need to be very careful in how they appear because you know, like for example, you know, immorality. In a pastor needs to have a good report. I'm tired of hearing stories about pervert pastors. I'm tired of hearing that, and we got to watch out for that. People need to under people need to understand if we have certain rules. We had a lady, you know, several years back that got mad because she was wanting to come here and do these cleaning projects at the church, but we had to tell her you can't do it when I'm here. And I don't know if she thought that that meant. You know, I thought she'd do it, but no, it's like, no, it's for appearance sake. And, you know, you ought to be okay with that. You know, why does that upset you? So, something's wrong with you if, if that upsets you. You know, as a leader, I don't, I don't, I said, my reputation is everything as a pastor. I need to protect myself in these areas. That's why we do things the way we do with finances, because that's another thing a lot of preachers get themselves in trouble with. And there have, there have been a lot of bad guys. And so we just we just don't need accusations. We don't need people getting suspicious. It's too expensive. Because for one, if you all here are all suspicious of everything, you're going to be less likely to give. We don't need that. So there's nothing wrong with just being honest, open, transparent, letting people know what's going on because we don't want things to even appear bad. That's another reason too. We don't do anything with cash here in the church. I'm telling you, we, we have never ever as a church bought anything with cash that's come in, in these offering plates just because of the fact that 
You know, if we start using cash for stuff, it's just too easy for shenanigans. We do everything with either checks or cards, you know, something that has a paper trail. Why? Is it because, you know, I'm afraid I might get dishonest? I don't think I ever would, but I don't want anybody to even think that way. I, I don't. I don't. I want to be able to easily prove somebody wrong. If some clown wants to come along and start accusing me of something, I want to easily be able to, in their face, prove them wrong, expose them as a liar, and get rid of them. Because last thing we I want is somebody just hanging around here accusing me of stuff. I don't need that. But if we're doing foolish things that look bad, you need to be the same way when it comes to where you work. Okay, we all have different situations, different scenarios. Always be aware of how things look. You don't want you don't want suspicion coming your way. You don't want people to get the wrong idea. Sometimes too, there might be things that you can never, uh, you know, that you know you might not ever get over. Think and sometimes again, there's things you can't help. For example, remember the story with Joseph when Potiphar's wife came after him, and Joseph did the right thing across the board, and even leave, and again. I'm not throwing any guilt on Joseph, but even remember how when she grabbed him, he left the coat in her hand and took off running. And the fact that his coat was there, that was enough to make people suspicious. Remember in Esther chapter... Go ahead and turn over to Esther. I wanted to show you this. Uh, Esther chapter 7. Because this is just kind of one more thing too that uh, a way to look at things. So again, you know, I've never done anything immoral i've never been uh, accused of anything immoral but again because independent fundamental baptists are getting accused of this stuff all the time people are mad at us already and are very suspicious and so we got to watch out because we're under the microscope because we have so many people that already hate us they're going to always think the worst okay just understand that if something ever looks bad people are going to think the worst about our church because they need us to be bad. And when people don't like you, they always think the worst. But I, I love this story. One of the just most satisfying stories in the Bible is in the story of Haman and just how he had all these plans against Mordecai and it all came back on him. It's just a satisfying, feel-good story. But I like this part. In Esther 7, 7, it says, And the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to the queen uh, to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. So notice, he's there just begging Esther to basically save his life. But he ended up on her bed. <laughs> And you know what? That looked really bad. And when the king saw that and he was already mad at Haman, you know what he did? He assumed the worst that he was trying to rape his wife. And you know what? They immediately took him and they went and hung him. And so just understand, that was a bad situation. I heard a story one time. I think this was a camp meeting story, so it probably didn't happen, but it could have. It, it could have. But there, it, it, was, uh, it was a pastor that was, you know, he was out visiting or so when he went and visited somebody. And he went into the house when the lady was by herself. And, you know, he was praying with her, gave her the gospel, and she went to pray to get saved. And they went and they knelt by the couch. And this pastor just kind of had this habit of when he'd pray with people, he kind of put his arm around them. And then apparently her husband came home and just 
thought the worst and went and attacked him. <laughs> and so I don't know if that's just one of those camp meeting stories or if it really happened. But again, I mean, you know, he's he's not trying to do anything perverted. But, you know, that's just another reason, too. Guys, keep your hands off ladies. Okay? You know, I, I don't think a pastor can ever pray with a woman. But, you know, I don't need to. I'm not going to put my arm around you. Oh, you know, I, I don't think there's anything sexual about that. doesn't matter. There's too much creepy stuff out there. And creepy guys, you know, except we don't need to go around putting our hands on people. It, it does. It just looks bad. Yeah, you know, again, we've got a lot of little kids around here. You know, you got little kids and babies, there's nothing wrong with holding them and stuff like that. But, you know, you just don't want to be too handsy with other people's kids. Why? Because there's pervs out there. There's creeps out there. We should always be careful about that kind of stuff. Always be public about what, what we're doing because we live in evil days. There's perverts all over the place. And I think every once in a while we need a, remind, we need a reminder of that. And let me tell you something, too. This is probably a whole other subject, but I'm just going to throw this out there for closing. But young people especially, okay, in the internet world, there is a whole other realm of things that you can get, get involved in that appear evil. You need to think about how your texts can appear. Your messages can appear. Pictures that you send can appear. It might not mean everything people accuse it of, but you got You just always need to ask yourself this question. What will this look like? Anything you send somebody, what will it look like if they take a screenshot of it and share it on social media without all the context of everything? you got to watch out for that. I had somebody a while back who had a problem with me. They didn't want to talk to me about it, and they said, only text. And you know what? I immediately got really suspicious. Because it's like, why are you telling me You'll only, you only want me to text. Is it because you're looking for screenshots to share with your buddies that are also mad at me? That makes me very suspicious of you. And so, you know, when I texted, I was very careful in, in my texting of them because it was clear they were looking for something. People are always looking for something to expose you with. And you know what? That's a message I think we need to preach every once in a while. Just we, need, we got something letting young people know the potential trouble you can get yourself online how bad your reputation be ruined you don't want to have to overcome those things it's just not worth it so just a friendly reminder tonight about watching for these things and i need everyone to again i hope everybody does it in their personal lives but everyone here when when you're out soulning especially representing this church think about what you do and what it looks like because it reflects on us and so with that let's pray to your lord I pray that this message was a help to everybody. And Lord, just uh, let it be a reminder to all of us. We need to be vigilant in these areas. We do live in wicked days. And so, Lord, we, uh, we might have to make some adjustments every once in a while to how we do things uh, so we can make sure we uh, have the right testimony. We don't ever want to send the wrong message. And so I pray you'll help us to uh, be careful in that. In your name we pray. Amen.